My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Good morning. Welcome to travel and cruise industry news on this, the 29th day of May. 2022 happy memorial day to each and every one of you uh this is a kind of a special holiday for me i was i was sitting here reflecting this morning uh in in my personal family i had uh four uncles and my father who all served in uh world war ii uh, two of them were gravely uh injured uh, my uh, uncle, uh, many of you that have followed me a long time, I often refer to my cousin John that lives up the lane. He lives uh, on part of the family farm as well. Um, his father uh, lived with uh, only one lung until in the 80s. Uh, my father had uh, total and permanent loss of three limbs. He lived into the 90s. But what eventually took them from us was all related to the injuries that they sustained during uh, World War II. So uh, today we honor all those that have served and gone before us. So it's kind of a special day for me and, and my family is we think about those that have served. I was, uh, as a matter of fact, when I came along, I was not allowed to serve because in those days, a sole surviving son of a totally and permanently disabled veteran could not be taken into any service. That sense has changed, thankfully. Uh, but that was the way it was, you know, back in the 60s. So, but anyway, everybody have a wonderful holiday today, however you serve it. Many of you, some of you are on vacations. Some of you are on cruises. Some of you are on uh, any number of things. Some of you just are at home and planning a cookout maybe today. Uh, they have started working on my pool yet, but it's been way too cold to actually get it open. Uh, hopefully this next week we'll see it open, but, uh, you know, it's it's been cold. Enough. Well, you see, I'm in a sweatshirt, 
So, you know, it's got, you know, going down in the 50s at night, uh, that kills a swimming pool. So, not for me. All right, we do have a whole bunch of news stories this morning. The top story today is going to be just the, the nightmare from the uh, Carnival Sunshine as we're going to look at the saga there. and have some opinions on this one, too. Uh, Norwegian gives cruises to fallen military service members' families. You know, I fussed at Norwegian thing that they did really, really well on. There was a fire on a cruise ship. That's always a scary thing. Three-year voyage we've talked about uh, several times, apparently is in jeopardy. Yesterday was International Burger Day. I have some interesting statistics from that. Carnival Pride has returned to service. And a three-year-old was Metafact from the Emerald Princess. That and a lot more here at 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, Today is, like yesterday was National uh, Burger Day. And today is Memorial Day. So I really don't have anything specifically for uh, today other than it's Memorial Day. If you're listening via the podcast, uh, always welcome aboard. You can access the podcast via my blog, which is accessadventure.net. It's generally posted within 15 or 20 minutes past the end of the broadcast. Or wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, just search for travel and cruise industry news, and up pops the Fat Travel Guy. I was just looking at some statistics this morning. Uh, It's not unusual. Yeah, Friday was an extremely good day because I had Christy on. But just a normal day during the week last week. uh, It's not unusual for my podcast to get somewhere in the vicinity of 60 new listeners. Every day, those are new downloads of the podcast. So that has, you know, a long time ago overtaken my uh, number of views I get from YouTube, from Twitter. Of course, I'm soon approaching 200,000 followers on Twitter. Not sure if that's good or bad. And on Facebook. So the podcast is a major portion of the audience for this channel. And I'm grateful to each of you for that. All right. We got one thing to do before I get along with, um, with business today. And I, I guess I, I need to, somewhat explain, you know, I I didn't do uh, any of this on Friday. She had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today that Rochelle has sending me 
and this, she sends me 30 to 50 uh, pictures a day when she's on these trips. And this isn't something that's just, you know, posted on her, uh, you know, her page that I go and steal. I mean, these are sent on my, my messenger for me to use. So you know, it's just, it's just really great. Uh, but anyway, so she's, uh, this is out of today's uh, batch. Uh, now, the, 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 remember, this is several days, so I just grabbed, you know, one or two important pictures from each each batch. This was the, um, and my pronunciation's probably wrong, Dennis will shoot me, Kamumba Temple. And that's, uh, of course, there in Egypt. This is from the city of uh, Edfu Temple. And I I need to ask her at some point in time if there is a story behind the exaggerated navels on those uh, folks in the hieroglyphic. Now, this was from Nubian Island. Uh, looks like a vendor of some type, possibly an artist. I'm not sure. This is from the uh, Temple of Abu Simbel. And of course, that's Rochelle uh, standing out in front. And we get to the more important ones. Some of you probably uh, are familiar with this one, King Tut's Tomb. And of course, it's Rochelle again. This is one that's a little more known to us because many of us were of the age when the King Tut uh, tomb was discovered and uh, brought to this country for viewings at various museums around the country. Many of us got to see some of this. I was not aware that King Tut was disabled. I did not know that until I saw his feet. <laughs> That's kind of gross. And that, of course, is the probably the most famous uh, statue of the King Tut tomb. And then you know we had uh, we had Rochelle on a camel. Well, she had to trade in the camel. She got tired of it uh, spitting at her. So she had to trade the camel in for a donkey. So now she's riding around on a donkey. Now, knowing uh, her, that because she's my religious expert, she'll think riding the donkey around in Egypt is, you know, very... Uh, all inspiring. I don't know. Anyway, I so uh, appreciate what Rochelle does. I mean, that's just awesome. All right. If you have not done so, please consider smashing that uh, like button. That'll help the channel out. If you haven't subscribed, 
please consider doing so. Uh, and hitting the bell notification so be notified anytime I go live or a new video is posted. In the meantime, the top story today has to deal with the uh, carnival uh, sunshine. And that's what it looked like. And before I get into the, all the, the heart of the story, uh, actually through various sources that might may have involved uh, someone I know in Cozumel. I won't mention any names, but these were from crew members on board. That's from some of the damage. of course the outside near the the deck area and then this one that's from crew quarters that just got destroyed by the storm You were getting a lot of that into the guest areas as well. That's going out into the guest area. Wow. All right, so here's the story behind those uh, video clips. the saga of the carnival sunshine. So she recently experienced a dangerous storm while returning to Charleston, causing fear and uncertainty among the passengers and crew. This all happened on Friday night. The vessel um, battled strong winds, reaching speeds of up to 70 miles an hour, turbulent waves resulting in exterior and interior damages. Although there were no reported injuries, the incident was distressing and intense experience for everyone involved. And some of the comments for guests totally are in disagreement with what Carnival is saying. I'll get to that as we go along. As Carnival Sunshine made her way back to Charleston, she found herself in the midst of a formidable storm um, that the storm not only rocked the boat as uh, literally all night, the passengers were told to confine themselves to the cabins, but belongings are scattered. Waves were crashing against the side of the ship. Uh, crew members described it as the most severe storm they had ever encountered. The mooring deck suffered extensive damage from relentless large waves. In response to the conditions, crew members from decks zero to four were evacuated to the liquid lounge and theater, which is the forward on deck four, and any other available spaces for the night. 
as it was not safe in any of the crew areas with all that water and electrical stuff running through there. Uh, some passengers even sought uh, refuge in the theater while wearing life jackets. The storm caused significant destruction to the crew bar and flooded crew cabins and corridors. While no serious injuries were reported among the crew, they were understandably shaken by the extensive damage and considered it a frightening experience. The storm's impact beyond the crew areas caused havoc through uh, guest spaces, hallways, and staterooms. The staterooms on deck two were flooded. Uh, leaks were observed through a number of other cabins. Uh, the ship faced uh, powerful winds and towering swells from the intense non-tropical low-pressure system. Well, it was not safe for the ship to go into Charleston. It was due in there on Saturday morning, about eight o'clock. They ended up, uh, of course, staying at sea uh, beyond that because it was not safe to land. As a matter of fact, they finally were not allowed to get into Charleston until 6 p.m. Saturday night. Now, you know, that's, you got the people coming in to sail on this week's sailing and those going out uh, whenever they could get into port. <clears throat> so that already has caused one major mess. The Carnival Sunshine docked and got the people off. And it was not until 2 a.m. Sunday morning that they could sail again. Now, here's where I have some issues, folks. I have been at sea for two storms over my sailing career. <clears throat> Both times I ended up uh, being forced to stay on the ship for an extra two days because the captain uh, got the ship out of the d direction of the storm. It didn't want to face that kind of possible damage. I don't understand when the decision was made that you couldn't sail into Charleston, why they didn't just get the hell out of Dodge. You know, go back and sail around in the Bahamas. It's not that far away. Uh, the, the, the bad storms were coming basically across from west to east in the United States, hitting the coast and veering up to the north. So, you know, places like North Carolina got, you know, it was a horrible weekend out on, on uh, the Outer Banks. And generally, these kind of storms, you know, move north because of the Gulf Stream. I mean, you would think that they would just turn the ship around and get away from it rather than spending the night sitting basically still in a storm like that. I don't understand it. Guests were saying there were, they went 12 hours without any announcements. 
And that had to be extraordinarily rough on the passengers. Can you can imagine what kind of, I mean, that's a sunshine, even though it's been refurbished as an older ship to start with, uh, doesn't have the azopods of the brand new ships. It has azopods, but they're a different system. So uh, it was rough enough uh, they, that one of the, the guests said, uh, and I did see a picture of this, which I couldn't use, unfortunately. The uh, shops, the fun shops, were just totally destroyed. All the stuff on the walls, breakable stuff, you know, that was all in the floor. Some of the shops were flooded. So I don't understand why they just didn't get out of Dodge. Tell the people coming in, you know, it'll be at least a day, which has ended up being, until you can get into port, get into the pier. And just get out of it till the storm cleared. But that's not what they chose to do. And, of course, then they come back and answer, well, the captain did what was best for the ship and the safety of the passengers and the crew. Well, it doesn't look like it. From the pictures, because if there was that kind of damage to the ship, then they weren't taking the best possible care of the passengers. So I'm a little upset with Carnival over that one. And maybe there's a perfectly good explanation, but I am just not aware of what it could possibly be. So... She finally got to sailing on the new cruise. have no idea what condition the ship was in because that had to be a rough one where, um, you know, that many, uh, that many of the crew were literally forced away from their beds. So anyway, bad situation on the carnival, uh, sunshine, and uh, hopefully the people this week will have a good cruise because the people that were there had a terrible cruise for the uh, last week. All right. Today, folks, is a Memorial Day sail from um, Scoot Around and Will Power Chairs. We have talked about the new Platinum 8000, which is very similar to my power chair. Uh, It's brand new. Um, This is your chance to save 10% on our most popular uh, scooters, wheelchairs, power chairs, and more. Make the most of the summer with a new mobility device. The uh, sale ends on the 31st at midnight. Up until then, you can save 10%. Now, the Platinum 8000, the normal price is $1,800, which is an unbelievable price to start with. I've got three grand a month, and you can save 800 bucks, folks. 
you're talking about just a little over a thousand dollars for the platinum eight thousand. So, by all means, call the folks. Dial one eight four four six six four seven four six seven. Ask them about anything you might be interested in. Use the SRN one 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 three seven. So the old fat guy would make a little bit of a, a commission on that. That would be nice. Be lovely. All right, I fussed a lot at Norwegian recently. They did something that started was yesterday and carry on in today because of the weather. The Norwegian Cruise Line, in partnership with Coca-Cola, was proud to honor 40 Gold Star families as part of the 600 Miles of Remembrance yesterday and today for the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Taking place over the holiday weekend, the Coca-Cola 600 honored military service members and their families with various activities, including a special brunch exclusively for Gold Star families, a designation given to the family of an active service member who died in the line of service. NCL President David Herrera, who served in the U.S. Army National Guard, was on site to present each family with a free seven-day cruise. Military service members and their family are incredibly important to us at Norwegian, said Herrera. It's a pleasure to demonstrate this support with our military appreciation program and offer them an opportunity to reconnect on board our ships and create memories that will last a lifetime. The program was designed for veterans by NCL veterans. The Gold Star families have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country, and it's our privilege to recognize and provide them some respite aboard our ships. Nicely done, Norwegian. So that was uh, done this weekend. Uh, Some of it was yesterday, which got rained out. There'll probably be a lot more activities today when they hope to get the race in. So, all right, I'll be back with some more news after a quick word from one of our network sponsors. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. 
All right, we've talked several times uh, in the past about the three-year cruise. Uh, many have been eagerly following the much-typed three-year world cruise by Murray Cruises MV Gemini. Guests are already booked on board, some of whom even sold their homes to join the cruise. However, tension is growing as concern regarding the ship's seaworthiness come to light. With multiple refund requests, the departure of the founding team, and ongoing questions about safety on board, the future of this unprecedented three-year voyage hangs in the balance. A three-year voyage organized by Murray Cruises' subsidiary Life at Sea would offer an unmatched cruise that few could resist. Scheduled to begin in Istanbul in November, the cruise on board the MV Gemini would span a staggering 130,000 miles. Over three years, guests would have the unique opportunity to experience 375 ports, 135 countries across all seven continents. <coughs> Excuse me, had to wet the pipes there. However, a report from CNN International indicates that the cruise could be in jeopardy. Customers who had booked the trip are now requesting refund following concerns about the suitability and seaworthiness of the ship. According to International Maritime Organization, a ship is considered seaworthy when it is adequately equipped and maintained to face the conditions of the attended voyage without presenting an unreasonable risk to the crew or to the marine environment. Per the Safety of Life at Sea Convention, ships must have a valid passenger ship safety certificate to validate her seaworthiness. Irita Stembitsky, former director of sales and marketing at Life at Sea, said the ship, which was has a capacity of up to 1,074 passengers, was deemed unseaworthy by an engineer who also expressed doubt that would be able to complete a three-year journey. In the context of the MC, MV Gemini, the Solus Convention and the Passenger Ship Safety Certificate are highly relevant. It claims about the vessel's sea unseaworthiness, uh, if claims about the unseaworthiness proved to be accurate, the ship might have violated Solus precisions, possibly risking the lives of those on board. Mike Peterson, the former managing director of Life at Sea Cruises, a subsidiary of Murray Cruises, and the rest of the founding team have removed themselves from the project, raising significant concerns. It could point to some serious issues, such as the viability of a three-year cruise at extremely low prices. The impact of internal disagreement extends to the customers many of whom have made significant financial commitments to join the voyage. CNN reports that some customers even sold their homes in preparation for the trip, and many now want the money back. Despite the turmoil, Murray Cruises remained committed to pushing forward 
with the ambitious project even without life at sea. The updated MV Gemini has been sailing around the Mediterranean since March. The vessel was built in 1992. All eyes are now on Marais cruises and seeing how they navigate these turbulent waters. But that certainly, folks, is a mess. So, all right, now, the machine ate a picture. So I got to jump back over here real quickly and bring this up because it is a most important uh, picture. Uh, I have to get out of the way of Rochelle. There it is. All right, so my next story this morning, folks. That is a picture up at a balcony on a cruise ship. That is something you don't ever want to see. At approximately 3.30 a.m. local time yesterday morning, a fire broke out on board P&O Cruises Australia Pacific Adventure and orders were given for passengers to evacuate their staterooms and assemble at the mustard stations. Now, you guys have all been on ships when they do the mustard drill and they blast that damn horn and the captain makes an announcement. How about if you're in bed asleep at 3.30 in the morning where all good little boys and girls should be, when that horn sounds and says, get your life vest and get to your muster station. Wow. I'd about have a heart attack. At the time, the ship was underway off the coast of Sydney, Australia, having just departed on a three-night comedy cruise, sailing with no schedule ports of call. This was not a comedy, folks. This was dead serious. The fire engulfed one of the Pacific Adventures balconies and appeared to have been spreading before it was contained and eventually safely extinguished. No injuries have been reported from the incident. Passengers on board were called to their muster stations with their life jackets and waited at appropriate, appropriate gathering places for updates, and the all-clear was given. That was a couple hours later. Uh, some passengers reported smelling smoke in the hallways, and of course there was a video that this picture was taken from, from one of the news stations showing the balcony stateroom aglow from the blaze. Now, I, I wonder uh, how this could happen. I'm sure it would never be a cruise passenger that would be smoking in their room. That would, of course, never happen on a cruise ship for somebody to break the rules and smoke something. Just saying. All right. Let's see where I was now that I'm back in order. Yesterday was uh, International Burger Day. Some of you uh, may know what that is. I know I certainly do. 
But yesterday, Carnival Cruise Line celebrated International Bird Day. On any given day, Carnival Cruise Line ships serve more than 30,000 burgers to guests across the fleet, created and customized by crews working at Guy's Burger Joint, the wildly successful casual eatery that resulted from the line's partnership with Food Network personality and chef Guy Fiery. I wanted to do that right for Dennis. Fieri. There we go. Guy Fieri. That partnership was launched, but the tongue just doesn't want to, to, to cooperate with the diet. The partnership was launched in 2011 when Carnival Cruise Line added the venue to the Carnival Liberty, the first vessel to undergo Funship 2.0 dry dock upgrades. The popular burger venue has since been added across the fleet, and each vessel received its uh, when each vessel received its Funship upgrades. How popular is the venue? According to Carnival, Guy's Burger Joint will serve 10.5 million burgers this year. 10.5 million burgers. In honor of International Burger Day, Carnival uh, revealed how that's breaking, that breaks down. The Plain Jane is the most requested burger. 3.7 million orders since guests, uh, since guests choose their own toppings. That's the most important, the most uh, popular. It's a seasoned ground chuck burger grilled and then handed over to the guest who personalize it at the topping station. And there's a topping station must have, wow, 20 toppings, maybe more for burgers. I mean, it's quite a, it's quite a thing. I, I don't even uh, bother with that. <laughs> I just get it done. <laughs> uh, the straight up is the second most popular with 3.2 million orders. That's a classic burger with melted cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, and donkey sauce. That's normally what I get. The ringer comes in as the third most order at 2.3 million. This comes with melted cheese, guys, bourbon, and brown sugar barbecue sauce, and is topped with a spicy onion ring. Yeah, I've done that one a couple times, too. Uh, every carnival ship that I'm on, I at least go to guys at least twice in the course of a week. I like the burgers. I'm, I'm not as crazy about the fries as most people are. Most people go nuts over the fries, but I do like the burgers. All right. That takes care of Guy's Burger Joint. The Carnival Pride, back in business. Following a month-long period of dry dock for refurbishment, Carnival Pride resumed operations yesterday. Uh, marking the beginning of the European cruise season and made her debut with the new red, white, and blue paint shop. Yes, Dennis, I know. It's her livery. I'm going to call it a paint job. Everybody else calls them ships. I call them boats. 
Yeah, it's just part of my personality, folks. Uh, having undergone a comprehensive makeover since April 28th, Colonel Pride received uh, various upgrades and modifications to improve accessibility for guests with disability. All right, that's good. I'm going to get on that ship just so I can see about the improvements they've made. Notable enhancements include the introduction of the Heroes Tribute Bar, Chef's Table, Dream Studio, and Carnival Adventure Shop. Furthermore, the ship's steakhouse has been revamped and renamed Fahrenheit 555. The casino has been expanded, and the spa has been rebranded as the Cloud Nine Spa and Fitness Center. The first group of passengers departing from Barcelona embarked on a 12-day cruise with stops at Lisbon, La Havre, uh, Zeebrugge, and Belgium. From now until October 28th, the cruise ship will operate a series of European voyages featuring all kinds of itineraries, yeah, anywhere from Dover to Barcelona to Civitavecchia. Carnival Prize European season concludes with a 15-day transatlantic journey departing October 28th and concluding November 12th in Tampa. So sometime in there, and maybe uh, maybe I can get them to do a hosted cruise on Carnival Pride out of Tampa. Ah, that might be a way of me getting on that ship as well. And finally, guys, three-year-old aboard a cruise ship 90 miles off the Santa Barbara coast was airlifted by the United States Coast Guard due to a medical emergency. According to a statement by the Coast Guard, the rescue took place on the Emerald Princess when the young passenger was experiencing symptoms resembling seizures. Footage captured by the body camera worn by a Coast Guard aircraft member uh, who was lowered onto the ship, revealed the helicopter hovering just above the ship's top deck, which included a swimming pool and artificial turf. The child, seated in a gurney outside a spa, was shown in the footage. The ship's medical staff was uh, present nearby while the girl leaned against her mother. Before being wheeled to the deck, the girl was handed a teddy bear and then both she, her mother, and the bear were placed into a medical basket and lifted onto the Jayhawk helicopter. The girl and her mother were transported to Harbor UCLA Medical Center. According to the Coast Guard, the child is in stable condition following the incident. So it's always good when we actually know that something good comes out of these, and it certainly was. Uh, nice to know that that was a successful conclusion to the airlift. All right, let's see who's over here fussing at me today. Uh, glad to hear Heathrow moving along. Oh, that's not at the top. It jumped down. There. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Katie. 
Now, Katie says, Steve, I teach the blind and visually impaired. Gretchen's with us out in Ohio. Emily's with us in New York. Sonny's with us down in Mississippi. Hot Air Tom is with us. Saying hello to everybody. Uh, I hope everyone has a nice day today. Happy Memorial Day to all. I agree. Emily saying hello, Hot Air. <laughs> Nikki's with us. Hi, Nick. Emily says, Fiona and I had a burger. Yeah, well, I bet it wasn't a guy's burger. That's the different part. I do like them. I mean, I eat burgers on all the ships. You know, most of them have their own burger joints. And, you know, like uh, Norwegian has the dive-in. But I just, I really like guys. I like them a lot. We may do burgers today. Yeah, a lot of you guys are. The only reason I'm not doing burgers today is I just can't, get, well, of course, with the oxygen, you can't be around a grill anymore. And Amanda's, uh, she's gone. She won't be back until probably this evening. So uh, she's been down there getting rained on all weekend on, on, the, uh, on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, let's see who else, what else we got here. Katie's going to a cookout today. Supposed to be 85 there today. Uh, wow. 85 out in Ohio. That's, that's pretty intense for this early in the season. I wish it was going to be 85 here today. I think yet the high yesterday was only like, you know, 65 or something here. It was pretty cold. As a cookout, a barbecue. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. We we silly Americans have so many words for the same thing. A cookout is technically a grill, and you take the meat out and throw it on the grill. Some or veggies as well. Grills come in all sorts of different uh, sizes and varieties, from you know small little things that are that you cook on charcoal uh, to big fancy uh, gas run grills. I used to have a big one that I used for my business because uh, occasionally I would get asked to uh, cook, you know, burgers or dogs or something like that. And I could actually cook like, uh, I don't know, 60 burgers at a time uh, on that thing. It was hot, uh, but yeah, I used to have a big one over the years because it stayed outside. You know, it's uh, it just uh, rusted out. So we got rid of that last year. So we don't even have a grill anymore. Uh, Amanda does all that on the, the portable things in the kitchen uh, that are smokeless and all that business when she's doing burgers. Uh, but anyway... Technically speaking, Mike, barbecue is a type of uh, meat, and it's normally uh, usually pork uh, in various different ways uh, served with a barbecue sauce 
cooked in a barbecue sauce. So, yeah, is a cookout and a barbecue the same? Yeah, in this country, they run together with uh, personal preferences. Um, I always called it a cookout. I didn't call it specifically a barbecue, even when I'm eating barbecue. So, uh, Gretchen says, yes, Mike, it is. Tom, are you going into Heathrow? <clears throat> Long lines. Cooking hot dogs and hamburgers outside, Mike, can be a, a barbecue. <clears throat> and I'm sure there's lots of things, you know, I call us arrogant Americans, the folks like Mike and Dennis and Emma and folks on the other side of the pond have no idea what we're talking about. Otter Tom is going into Heathrow. I have a friend from TWB uh, that flew from Seattle yesterday and says customs was working fine this morning. They must have fixed the some kind of system. Steve says, Katie, my wife, works at a factory right behind Kentucky School for the Blind and also American Printing House for the Blind. That's awesome. I uh, I have to call my son today. He's, he's in Louisville. Uh, we've missed each other back and forth about 10 times here recently. So... I don't have any plans to go to Kentucky in this, my respite from cruising, but that could be on the agenda since I didn't get to go out there for my grandson's graduation, my granddaughter's uh, performance, her first high school performances. So I missed out on that this year. So maybe I can get out there. Uh, one weekend and visit with my son and the grandkids. That would be nice. Hot Air says, we have a restaurant chain called Cookout. Yes, we do. Katie says, she orders uh, materials and books from APH. That's awesome to have that kind of connection here on on the channel. Sonny's going to the cemetery today before the cookout. Yeah, that was, that's, I know a lot of folks do that. I do not, as a general rule, the one, you know, my father's is buried uh, in Roanoke, which is where he was from. So it's about an hour away. And that's just not something that my family uh, does on a regular basis. Um, I was more attuned to that practice from my years living in uh, Pittsburgh, as a matter of fact. Rochelle is following in my footsteps. King Tut was actually in the tomb when I was there in February. 
Glad to hear Heathrow moving along, Sonny says. Camels spit. Well, they do. They spit. They spit at you. That tells them tells you when they're tired and want to sit down. I mean, hell, they go days without without uh, water. So, uh, uh, Mister uh, uh, Cotton Cottonell, what are you doing up on my chair? Cottonell is getting ready to knock something off. Dumb cat. The housekeeper's here, and I think he's hiding from the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so, uh, Hot Air says, King Tut died at an early age, like 19. The tomb is not decorated nearly as nice as the other teams due to his early demise. Yeah. Well, and that was discovered rather late, too, because I remember when they were, uh, the digs were go going on over there. Katie says King Tut's families did a lot of inbreedings. So there were many deformities. Yeah, there was a lot of that stuff back in those days. <laughs> what storm? Holy cow. Uh, that the it was it's the same storm that we've been getting rain from and are getting rain from today. I am it came all the way across country. There were um Tornadoes out in Colorado, and um, you know, it's not that that's Colorado, not a state that I normally think of as tornadoes, but that was all part of the same system. And it came straight across the country through the south, through the Carolinas, and it, you know, it basically went to sea about Charleston. So they were sitting out there waiting to get in and, and just sat there and literally in the teeth of the storm. I, I, I still don't understand it. She's asking if it was a random storm. Oh, no, this, is, this was going on for a week. You know, they were watching this thing. I was watching it. If I was watching it, they, they got to have a lot better equipment than I do. The radar for that storm really looked like a tropical storm. One mother man from Florida Station says a very short time. He thinks it, he, it was a tropical storm. Yeah, well, they had, you know, the last um, update from the National Hurricane Center I did showed that uh, depression was right off Charleston. Well, it sat there forever. Uh, there's some meetings going on at Carnival about who didn't go out or around the storms. Yeah, I'm sure there are. So, Gretchen booked a rock and roll legends tour for London and got tickets for the Tower of London yesterday. What do you have planned in London? That's cool. Yo, 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 Brooklyn in the house, Eddie. Hi, Eddie. How you doing, my friend? Sonny says Gretchen would love to see the Tower of London. Imagine it's very haunted. Uh, Eddie speaking to everybody. Um, the three-year cruise, yeah. The three-year cruise, 
apparently, man, they is that whole thing a big scam? Wow, wouldn't that be something? Um, Allison went to work. She's in charge of the payroll. Well, that's good that she went to work and left you at home like that. Had a great weekend in Cookville, Tennessee. Back in Atlanta now. Nikki says if we let the town go for 23 days this time of year, we would have rabbits and snakes nesting in the tall grass. Yeah, that's pretty true, too. Um, yeah, thankfully, my God just, you know, he comes when it looks crappy to him, to him. I don't even have to call him anymore. He just shows up and does it. Put a check out for him. Sonny says a balcony is a terrible thing to waste. Oh, yeah, I know. Gretchen, when do you begin your trip? September 19th. Gretchen's going to leave us and head for the other side of the pond. Storms and fires. What's next? Locusts? I was thinking the same thing, Nikki. Yeah. I just want to know how that fire got started on that boat. I mean, suppose it could be something electrical. You know, that's always possible. Or somebody didn't turn an iron off and, you know, left an iron sitting on something that could have caught fire. I mean, those things can happen. But something tells me it may have to do with something a bit more smelly, shall we say. Uh, I'd be afraid that with angled decks that someone would throw their cigarette off their balcony and end up with a fire on my balcony. Well, yeah, that, you know, that's always a problem. Again, they're not supposed to do that, but that doesn't mean a whole lot for, especially it seems on carnival more so than other ships, but yeah, they're not supposed to do that. The other one that, that I got from this folks um, of the strength to it, yeah, it's one thing to get rousted out of bed, but that they got it out quickly. Uh, and then it's a matter of cleanup, you know. Uh, I'm sure the people that were in that cabin, I mean, I don't even know if there were people in the cabin or not. I'm assuming that there, there were. That it, it had to start from something going on in the cabin at 3.30 in the morning. It may have been an overuse of alcohol that you would be up at 3.30 in the morning. I mean, not people get up like I do about that time and start working. Well, there's Elizabeth Buena Diaz. I missed the beginning of the show, Drats, making limoncello this morning. I used, uh, uh, well, I'm not supposed to say that. I, I won't say that out loud, uh, Elizabeth, that I may have used some video clips that I got from someone in Cozumel. 
Just saying. Uh, uh, 10.5 million plus 22 burgers this year. That's the 22 that Eddie's going to eat when he's on the glory. I got that one, Eddie. Yep, I got that one. I got the same thing happening with me on the conquest. I'm on the conquest this fall. And I will definitely be eating some uh, some burgers as well. Uh, Katie says, make me one too, Elizabeth. Uh, let's see. My son made limoncello years ago. The big clue was a mixing bowl in the fridge full of naked lemons. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth does this all the time. She makes her own from literally from scratch. Uh, I have seen, witnessed uh, this whole process. I haven't been there for it but I've witnessed this process uh, a couple times before when she's made limoncello. So, all right, guys, this is going to pretty close to wrap me up for today. Um, again, I'm almost at the hour point. If you are coming to Louisville, let me know. I may have a nice bottle of bourbon for you. Steve, I will do that. My friend, we will definitely get together while I'm out there. That'd be great. I always I thoroughly enjoy it. Some of these other guys can tell you how much I, I love to get together with um, some of my my audience when I'm on the road. Uh, I've met uh, Nikki and Roger. I've met uh, Bonnie. Um, Sonny came to visit me at a McDonald's down in Mississippi. I was sitting there doing a show in a McDonald's. And, and Sonny popped in. It's the first time I met her. I've cruised with her since. Of course, I've, I've done several things with Hot Air Tom and Cindy. Uh, who am I missing? Um, oh, Katie. Katie. Wow. Katie and I have gotten together three times, maybe. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, definitely I will do that when I am out there. Uh, in Louisville. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap me up for today. Uh, I hope everyone has just a wonderful holiday. Uh, so glad you all joined me today. And I'll be getting back to you guys uh, with more of this fun and frivolity tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. So for today, guys, as always, stay safe. Stay healthy, think about cruising, and hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. Have a phenomenal holiday. I'll see you tomorrow. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry, so if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner Hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. 
My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.